You're listening to Sorting the Crop by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com. First off, let me say that there's going to be some brightness in this, but just bear with me for a bit. I, I got to get the bad news off my chest. Lately, I go almost nowhere. I see almost no one without hearing a personal story about tragedy. And to some degree, this was actually happening to me for at least the past two or three years before this podcast was released. I've met, no exaggeration, I've, I actually know something like 15 people who've lost a child in the worst way. And I know at least a couple of other people who know people that have lost the same. And it's not even just about children. I either know friends or acquaintances or I keep meeting people who've recently lost scores of loved ones. And if you back up further into my own life... I can tell you about a lot of my own loss, a slew of people who've died at, and at one point, something like 12 or 13 people in about four years. And all my life, I've watched large numbers of people I know fall away to things like drug and alcohol addiction, suicide, legal troubles, and even murder. But in the past few months, when the pandemic arose, the, the whole COVID-19 thing, it all became so intense that I literally can almost not go out or walk down the halls of where we stay without meeting someone with a recent tragedy in their hands. And I literally can't, I can't go more than a day or two now without getting such bad news, either about someone I know or someone they know. And it's not just death I'm hearing about. It's relapsed addictions, old behaviors coming back, bad behaviors, and, and new bad behaviors coming around. I live in a fairly small town where violent crime was almost unheard of just a handful of years ago. And yet now there's a story about it almost every few days. We're seeing drug activity all over. Um, yesterday, I had this moment where I went to the grocery store by myself while Grace and Jewel hung out at a park. And normally that might be a treat for me, but, but yesterday everything was different. 90% of the people there in the grocery store were wearing masks. The only eye contact most people were making was not friendly. I saw impatience and fear, people getting snippy with each other, and almost every time I've gone to the grocery store in the past month, there's been... Some incident between people where someone's snapping at someone else, even cussing and yelling with their children present. And even for a society that was already breaking down in most of the places I've lived, especially in this town, this is not normal. And I'm feeling it in my own life. The irritability, the wanting of old habits, and, and, and the unusual amount of questioning of people around me. And I'm having thoughts like yesterday, looking at some guy in the grocery store who, who kept picking up fruit, handling it, and, and putting it back down. And I'm thinking about how unsanitary that was. And then I look down at my own fruit and wonder how many people have handled it. Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. Never mind. But we're all being stuck inside more and put under more and more stress and more unusual situations you just don't put people in. I keep thinking about my child and, and what such an unnatural amount of social isolation and, and fear of, of germs is permanently doing to her. And my own old 
hermitified. Yeah, it's a word now. My own hermitified ways are coming back where, because I'm forced to isolate so much, I'm getting comfortable with it. Like I was when I was much younger. Businesses are reopening and people are suddenly gathering in large groups while case rates and death rates for COVID-19 are constantly rising. Intelligent people are predicting huge spikes in those numbers. Public figures, politicians, and law enforcement types are pushing to take more and more rights away. Now, there is a bright side to all this intense, widespread behavioral change. It's, it's, I'm also seeing a lot of people come out of the woodwork to help others. I'm seeing a lot of sheep in wolves' clothing, if you know what I'm saying. It's, it's people you thought maybe were not kind are breaking out into make-the-world-better mode. And I'm seeing people on hard times, under tremendous stress, who are just beautiful with their children. I see damaged relationships being strengthened. Family members who barely got along are smiling at each other and visiting through closed windows. Entire organizations based on helping others. They're being quickly born and raised up in droves in spite of the normal red tape that may have stopped them in the past. While my wife and child and I have certainly had our tense, trying moments, Grace and I have found this pandemic absolutely full of moments when we can practice more kind response to Jules' tests of patience and rule-following skills. Have you ever had a child around during a pandemic? That sounds like a song. Hang on. Uh, let me push this, the song generation button. No, never mind that. Don't ever listen to that again. But let me get more to the point here. There's this intertwined ebb and flow of, of intensifying evil. And at the same time, a lot of good. On one hand, the bad is just oozing out of some people, but the, the good is shining through many others. And some people are letting fear and anger just envelop their entire existence and dictate every act they engage in, while others are reaching out to uplift people even when they can barely stand on their own, even if they've had bad behavior before. Now, I have a couple theories about this recent change in the world, and keep in mind this extends across the entire globe. One theory is that God is squeezing out and highlighting evil so it can be crushed, and he's highlighting who is hidden, who has hidden traits of positive behavior too. But as I see more government using fear and leverage to take away rights and impose a potentially nasty level of control, as, as things that used to be just written off as conspiracy, conspiracy theory are, are becoming more undeniable fact, I'm afraid that my more favored theory is the more possible one. Well, some of the news we hear is just scare tactic, and, and that's normal. You get people who even pull stuff randomly out of the Bible and even create a new story or exaggerate an existing one, and then they act like they've never read a Bible and let those who have read it put the so-called facts together. But there's a, there's a lot that's happening that is 
very biblical. And whether or not we're living in the end times or, or whether or not we're seeing a prophetic rise in evil, one way or another, God is knocking. And he's knocking so loudly, the sifter is bouncing. And, and some of us are coming out of the smaller holes. Some of us are coming out of the larger ones. But in any case, even if you don't believe a universal creator is doing this, we're being sorted. We've reached a time when evil is becoming so bold it, it has almost no fear. And yet, God's life is, is just beaming out of those who you may never have expected it from. There's only one scenario in the Bible that, that calls for a moment when, on a global scale, our truest selves are being shown. And, and, and if you're familiar with the parable Christ gives about the wheat field, this might hit, hit home in a startling way. Matthew 13, 24 through 30, King James, we see Jesus says, quote, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Unquote. Um, if that's not self-explanatory, um, the story is that this guy goes out and he plants this wheat field. He does a great job. He plants good seed. Middle of the night, enemy comes along, wants to ruin the crop, so he plants tares. Tares are a plant that resembles wheat, but it's basically useless in a wheat crop, so it kind of ruins the whole thing. And the story, the parable goes on where, so the guy's servants know notice that the crop is ruined and they go to the, to the guy that planted the crop and they're like, you know, Hey, there are tares in, in, in the wheat field. What did you do? And the, the guy's like, I didn't, you know, an enemy did this. So they say, okay, what do you want us to do? You want us to rip it out, start over again. And the guy's like, no, just let the crop grow up and we'll sort it when everything's ripe and we'll bundle up the tares, throw them in the fire. And then we'll take the wheat with us and do whatever we got to do with the wheat. Of course. So you get what Jesus is saying there. Um, God planted a good crop. We were a good crop. When God created us, we, we were good seed. And the, the devil didn't like it. And long story short, out of his jealousy and his desire to be on top and, and being the opportunist that he is, he waited until the right moment and planted his own seeds so he could ruin the crop, basically ruin us. Because especially if you're a parent, you'll understand that there's no better way to get back at a parent than to hurt the child. And at that point, God is the being who says, no, don't tear it all out. I work too hard on the good stuff. The only option is to wait until the crop ripens and sort it out then. So you see, God is, is a parent. He's a father, not just a creator. And I know firsthand that a parent's love is enough to bear an immense amount of pain if it means that there's even a slim chance that your child could become something beautiful, even, even if that child seems lost. And so far, this is what God has been doing, bearing that pain so we have a chance. But this can't last forever. We can't be this ugly toward each other forever. We can't dismantle a planet the way we have and still have it support us forever. And we can't keep putting things like money, 
technology and man's law ahead of God's will and God's law forever. The resources we do these things with are, are almost tapped out. And, and the distribution of what's left, it's extremely unbalanced. The problems we've created are, are out of control. They're out of our hands. And this can't get better until it either gets worse to the point where there's no community left or someone bigger than us steps in. Our world, our culture, our sense of self, it's now become a God-sized problem. And I think the solution is near because I think God's had enough. I think the harvest is near and the crop is being sorted. So what do we do with that information? We, we either give up and go down with the way the world runs or we rise. We act like a child in a storm with a blankie and, and grab hold of the most important word Jesus Christ ever gave us overcome. One way is easy. One is hard. One brings short-term reward with long-term sacrifice. And one is the opposite. It's short-term sacrifice with long-term reward. But if we can remember how short this life really is, the vapor we're told it is, that blankie we can cling to becomes our forever with God. If you're sure about God and Christ, now's the time to not let go. If you're not sure, now's the time to seek and find. They won't let you down. Because whether my theories about end times are right or wrong, or whether anyone's theories are right or wrong, it's time to make a choice. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Sorting the Crop by Sean P. Keenan, found at gettingtogod.com. Visit gettingtogod.com for more articles, podcasts, collections, videos, and other information about the search of the soul.